Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Renee Sellers on the prayer line, Monday through Friday, beginning at 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday with devotion, prayer, and pronouncement of daily affirmations. Set the atmosphere for your day. Say what you want to say. Dial 1-712-770-4010 using access code 266-590. That's 1-712-770-4010 using access code 266-590. Set the atmosphere for your day. Say what you want to see on the prayer line. With Evangelist Renee Sellers. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Evangelist Renee Sellers of the Upper Room Outreach Ministries in Waycross, Georgia, where my pastor is Pastor Samuel Sellers III. And we are live at 5 this morning on this Transformation Tuesday. Uh, We're excited today this morning as we continue our journey in the gospel according to John. We're thankful today that we're able to come to you live on WHLJ 97.5 FM, Statenville, Valdez. Austin Moultrie, Georgia. You can also join us online this morning at Foxy, F-O-X-Y 97.com and you can join us on the conference call at 712-770-4010 access code 266 590. There'll be a recap tonight at 7 p.m. on WHLJ as we continue our journey in the gospel according to John. I want to say hello to all of our Commanial Morning family, all of our victorious people that listen to us every morning live at 5. We do not take it for granted that you tune in to this broadcast. So we do our part to study, to uh, rightly divide, to help understand and uh, the Word of God. We want to utilize integrity as we minister to you each and every morning. So pray for your girl. We're in John chapter 11, verse starting at verse 25, and we're going to go down to verse 36. We're going to pause at verse 36. There is so much meat. We could probably stay on the Gospel of John for years, but we're going to try not to do that unless Holy Spirit says so, because we want to move on to something else. But this book, I don't know about you, but it has been a blessing uh, to me. It has been encouraging for me, and I pray that it is doing the same thing uh, for you. So John chapter 11, we're going to be looking at the King James Version. We're going to be looking at uh, the the Living Bible every now and then. We may look at some other translations, but I want to encourage you to pull out your app this morning. Pull out the app. We never know when we're going to be pulling out and using the app right in the palm of your hand. So if you're working at Walmart this morning or Lowe's, pull out your phone and look at your app and go along with us. If you're working at the doctor's office or the hospital this morning, pull out your phone if you're able to. Uh, Don't neglect your patience, however, but pull out that phone and, and follow along with us. To God 
be the glory for the things that he has done. I am going to ask this morning, uh, if she can, Evangelist Darlene Gant, I know she just came on and she's already being put to work, but I want to ask Evangelist Gant to open our broadcast uh, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we magnify you, we give you the glory, Lord. Father, we are so thankful, Father, for another chance, another day, Father. Oh, Father, to to have the grace and, and, and the wonderful mercies that you bless us with, Father. Father, we thank you today, Father, for this broadcast, Father. And we pray today, Father, that every ear that listens, Father, will receive your word, Father. And we pray for the woman of God as she comes forth, Father. Oh, Father, to bring your word forth to each and every one of us, God. We pray blessings over everyone that is listening in today. Father, and we pray, Father, for all of the technology, Father, that everything will work well, Father. We ask you, Father, oh, Father, to bless, Father, in every way imaginable, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and we give you all the glory, Father. Amen. And it is so. Amen. Thank you so much, Evangelist Gant. While we are in this gospel, according to John, once again, I want to thank you all for coming on, especially those who were in class on last night. We had a phenomenal time in our class, and you all still got up early live at 5 this morning. So to God be the glory. Uh, John chapter 11. I want to focus on John 11:36 this morning. And I want to focus on what the Jews said about Jesus as he wept over Lazarus. I want to focus on what they said when they made the the comment, Behold, how he loved him. My subject this morning is, Oh, how he loves us. Behold, or oh, how he loves us. I almost said behold, but oh, how he loves us. If you want to make it personal this morning, I encourage you to do so. Oh, how he loves me. He loves Lazarus. They understood that he loves loves Lazarus, but I want somebody to understand, oh, well, let's, let's go ahead and change that. Let's say, oh, how he loves me, because I want you to make a personal affirmation for yourself and remind yourself today that Jesus loves me. You may be going through a difficult challenge. You you may be going through a difficult circumstance. You may even be going through bereavement right now. You may be going through a substantial loss right now. You may be going through something that you haven't even verbalized. But I want you to be reminded that just as Jesus was acknowledged as loving Lazarus, this saying Jesus loves you even in the midst of what you're going through this morning. I pray that you're able to take notes this morning as we go through this gospel uh, according to John. John chapter 11 verse 25. We're going to continue a little bit where we left off. The King James Version of John chapter 11 and verse 25. Hallelujah. Let me get there. John chapter 11 and verse 25 in the King James. And I'm using the app, the Strong's Concordance KJV. The Strong's Concordance KJV is also going to open up to what is called the Takarta Bible. So I encourage you to utilize it, to invest in it. If, if a word is underlined, that means that you can stick your finger on that word and get the meaning in the Greek, New Testament, Greek, Old Testament, Hebrew uh, translation. So John 11, verse 25, King James, Jesus said unto her, remember Jesus is with Martha, and uh, they, they're going to him. He's coming into the city after four days. We talked about this the other day. He's coming into the city. He's already, it's already been reported to him that Lazarus was sick, 
But by the time Jesus gets there, he's already informed the disciples that Lazarus has died. But Jesus uses the term that he has fallen asleep. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, as believers, saints don't die. They just sleep away. So he's approaching Martha. He's coming into town, and he's having this discussion with Martha. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Uh, And then Martha acknowledges that, listen, she says, uh, Lord, if thou had been there, my brother would not have died. I know that even now, whatever thou would ask of God, God will give it to thee. I, I might need to deal with that one day a little deeper. But I know because I have confidence in who you are, and I have confidence in God, that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to thee. I need somebody to be encouraged this morning that as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, can I encourage your heart this morning that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Jesus acknowledged that with his disciples in John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. So this is a, a, Martha acknowledged who Jesus was. Lord, if thou had been here, he, she said, but I know that even now, whatever you ask God, I've got that much confidence in you. Even though I was a little frustrated, you know, that you took your time, I was a little, you know, a little frustrated that you came and my brother was already dead. You know, I was a little frustrated about that. But even, oh, God, even in my frustration, I still trust you. Can somebody write that down this morning? Even in my frustration, I still trust you. Even in what I'm going through, I still trust you. Even though I don't understand this, I still trust you. Even though I've been weeping and mourning, I still still trust God. Can somebody say, I still trust God this morning? Even though my money's looking funny, Lord, I still trust you. Even though my children acting crazy, Lord, I still trust you. Even though there's some things going on in my business that I don't understand, I still uh, have confidence in the ability for God to do what he desires to do. And so thereby Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha was looking at the resurrection at the last day. She did not realize that Jesus wasn't talking about then. Jesus, she didn't realize that while she's focusing on the resurrection at the last day, she didn't realize that she was talking to the resurrection. She was talking to life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then Jesus asked her a phenomenal question. He says, whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The King James says, believest thou this? Do you believe this? Once again, we've got to understand that believers, you and I, those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ, we will rise again. And I said this the other day, that what happened with Lazarus is symbolic as, as to what's going to happen with us. You know, when Jesus comes for the church, we call it the rapture of the church, even though the word rapture is not in the book. The concept is in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And so thereby, those of us who are, are, are believers, we don't, we don't die. We will not experience death, ladies and gentlemen. We will not experience death. We shall live with our Father for eternity. And what Jesus is talking about in this text is that those who follow him, those that are faithful even unto death, those who surrender all to to, to him, those who make Jesus Lord of their life, they will not taste eternal separation from God. They will not have to experience what what the Bible calls the second death. 
that would not have to experience that. I need somebody to be encouraged this morning that you shall live and not die. You shall live for eternity when you believe in, trust in, rely on, are fully persuaded and have confidence in who Jesus is. And when we have confidence in who Jesus is, we have chosen to live for him. We're chosen. Watch this now. We chosen to let our life demonstrate our love. Mm. Can I say that again? For those in the back of the room, we have chosen to let our life demonstrate our love for him. Oh, how he loves me, and I'm going to use my life to demonstrate my love for him. Listen, I'm going to demonstrate my behavior. Um, My behavior is going to demonstrate my love for him. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 says, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Mm, He who overcomes would not have to endure what the Bible calls the second death. And I said this in Bible study the other night, that there's some belief systems that do not want us to believe that this is real, that uh, eternal separation from God, the lake of fire, is real. There's some teachers that don't want us to believe that. But let me encourage somebody in that. When you live for Jesus, you believe in, trust in, rely on Jesus, you have confidence in who he is, you're fully persuaded in who he is, you have a relationship with him. Listen, you don't have to worry about this. But for those who choose to reject him, let me read Revelation 21 and 8. It says, Let's go back to verse 7, King James. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and will be, I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and I heard uh, Pastor Bridges say this on his live yesterday, and that thing blew my mind because it was like he was all in our devotion. I heard him say this yesterday that he said, did you know worry was sin? He said, did you know that uh, unbelief is sin? Uh Uh-huh. As I look at Philippians chapter 4, it says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God and, and be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And as he was talking yesterday, I said, don't worry, just worship, ladies and gentlemen. So he reminded those who were watching, he said, worry is What are you worried about this morning, and why are you worrying? The Bible says be anxious for nothing, not a thing, ladies and gentlemen, not a thing. Be anxious for nothing, but it says in Revelation 21, but the fearful, and I I thought about this as I'm getting ready to share this morning at a meeting. I'm going to do the devotion this morning, and one of the things that we're dealing with right now While we are dealing with a global pandemic, I want somebody to understand that coronavirus is still real, that this pandemic is still ongoing. But I want us to understand that while we are dealing with a global pandemic, we also have an epidemic called fear. 
We have an epidemic called fear and anxiety, ladies and gentlemen. But the Bible says the fearful, and that fearful is another word for timid. It's another word for timid, or it means to dread. It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. It's amazing. It says all liars shall not have their part, shall have rather their part in the lake with, with, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, which is the second death. Let me look at that in the Living Bible for just a moment. Verse uh, 8. Verse 8 says, uh, God, but cowards, mm. cowards who turn back from following me. And while there are many who have turned to Jesus during this pandemic, there are those who have turned away from Jesus during this pandemic, falling away from the faith and, uh, you know, just going through the motions of life. I, I don't need uh, uh, Jesus. I'm, I'm getting paid right now. I don't need Jesus, but there are those who have fallen away from, who have turned back from following him. In the Living Bible, it says, but cowards who turn back from following me and those who are unfaithful to me and the corrupt and murderers and the immoral and those conversing with demons, mm. witches, warlocks, uh, a Satanist. Come on. I was watching the Holocaust, and I'm telling you, you really need to know the history of not only slavery, but uh, the Jews. And a lot of those guys, why did they do so much to those people? Why did they t rip babies' legs uh, from their bodies and throw them into the river? Why did they put people in gas chambers? Because they had opened themselves up to Satanism. They opened themselves up and started dealing, dabbling, dealing in the occult. This is why they were so mean. This is why Hitler was so mean. He had opened himself up to demonic influence. And so thereby it says in the Living Bible, verse 8, those conversing with demons and idol worshipers and all liars, their doom is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. But for those of us who are believers, we don't have to worry about that. But what we do need to be doing is being a witness for Jesus Christ and being a witness to those idolaters and, and, and murderers and letting them know by our light and our life that Jesus is real and that he wants to save them because he has no desire that any man should perish, but that all, including those all liars, shall come to repentance. So thereby we understand that those who are outside the will of God will be eternally in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur and brimstone. This is the second death, according to Revelation. 21. So, so don't believe the hype. Don't believe all these different faulty belief systems that, and telling us one thing when the Bible says something different. Telling us one thing when the Word of God says something different. Somebody say, don't believe the hype. Don't get caught up and, and, and don't be deceived by every uh, wind of doctrine. John eleven twenty seven, King James. It says, she said unto him, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the statement of faith. Watch this. We talked about this the other day, the statement of faith that she made. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So Martha confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. 
She did the same thing that Andrew did in John chapter 141. Martha confessed that Jesus was the Son of God. She did the same thing that Nathaniel did in John 149. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Martha confessed that Jesus was the one written about by Moses and the prophets, just like Philip did in John chapter 145. There, when you look at the Word of God, there is always agreement. We often talk about the first mention principle in, in hermeneutics and homiletics. There's, you'll always find that there is agreement. And this is why we talk about, you know, uh, that even when we deal with things uh, re- relative to prophecy or, or the other prophets, that what they release should always come into agreement with the Word of God. It, it should always come into agreement with the word of God. So as even we are studying the book of John, we are seeing agreement. John 141, John 149, Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And also John 145, as Martha confessed that Jesus was the one written about by Moses and the prophet, she did the same thing in agreement with Philip's testimony. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets are also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So they were all in agreement with what the prophets had spoken. They all knew that the Messiah was coming. Martha's confession is just one of the great confessions in the New Testament. It's not the only one. Hers is not the only one. John the Baptist in John 134, I have seen and I testify that this is the son of God. What is your testimony about Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, and what are you going to tell those that you are witnessing to? So Thomas, as we're going to get to John chapter 20, we call him Doubting Thomas, but Thomas in John 20, 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. He had to see him for himself. And Jesus said, you believe because you see, but blessed are those who have have not seen, and yet they believe. So why did John record these confessions, or what I call these statements of faith in, in his word, he is letting us know that a lot of people who had an opportunity to see the miracles that Jesus performed, those people believed that he was who he claimed to be. And as we study the Gospel of John, this book of John it is written to encourage the believer and it's written to challenge other belief systems so that those who don't believe may come to believe. We understand by studying the life of Christ that he challenged the belief systems of the religious. And a lot of people have tried to convince themselves that this Bible is a fairy tale. I've had people come on my my Facebook page of Victoria's Living Bible Institute and and say all kind of demonic and crazy stuff. I want to encourage whoever you are that Jesus is real. And watch this. Even though you're coming on my Facebook page and you're putting all kinds of stuff, can I encourage your heart this morning for those who have been influenced in a negative way that Jesus loves me and he loves you too. A lot of people have convinced. Watch this. No, wait. Let me back up. The enemy has convinced people that the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, as we call it, is a fairy tale, that Jesus is just a a story 
uh, in this book of fairy tales. I, I, I want to encourage somebody, and I want to solicit this right here uh, from Second Corinthians chapter 4, because we've got to understand that Satan wants many to think that this book, this Bible, this basic instructions before leaving earth is a fairy tale. They want us to believe that Je- they want you, and they're not going to get me, they want you to believe that Jesus is not real, he's just a fairy tale. But we've got to understand that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe second corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 and 4 it says but if i, I want to I, I had an outline to read from the living bible let me read in the king james and then i'm going to go to the living bible it says but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the god of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. The devil does not want you or I to believe. Because if we can ever believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then, then he got to back up off of us. I need somebody to shout amen. If we ever get to a place where we truly believe that Jesus is the Messiah, he lived, he died, he rose again, then he got to back up off us. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody say, I believe. But I want to read this from the, uh, the, the Living Bible this morning. I have a note. Listen, read it from the, the Living Bible, Second Corinthians. Mm. Somebody say, back up, because I believe. Back up, because I'm a believer. Back up, because I'm a child of God. Back up, Satan, because I'm a believer and a true follower of Jesus Christ. And he loves me. He died for me. So I'm going to acknowledge him, and I'm going to be a witness for him. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, the Living Bible uh, this morning. The Living Bible. If you have your app open, let's go with me. Three and four. If the good news the, and, and gospel is another term for good news, if the good news we preach is hidden to anyone, it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal death or eternal separation from God. A lot of us was on that road. But we made a turnaround when we repented and gave our lives to Jesus. Verse 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, this evil world, has made him. Who has he made blind? He is the one who is on the road to eternal death. He, this is why Jesus told the, the, the Pharisees, I believe it's in John chapter 9 or John 10, that they see, but they're blind even though they see. Because they did not believe. They, they, even though they saw what Jesus did and they saw who he was, they were still blind because they still did not believe. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the one who is on the road to eternal death is, is defined as the one that the enemy, Satan, has made blind. Unable to see the glorious light of the gospel that is shining upon him or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Christ who is God. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those and this is why that the gospel is is, uh, not penetrating. They're not hearing it. They're closed to the word of God. And so Martha went to the house and and told her sister Mary that Jesus wanted to see her. John 11 and 28. And after 
she had said this. Uh, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, and she said, and is asking <laughs> for you. I looked at how Mary responded when uh, her sister said, the teacher is asking for you, that she didn't hesitate to get to the feet of Jesus. And some people say that she was angry, uh, and she may have been hurt, but she wasn't angry with Jesus. She was mad at the devil because her brother had died. Her brother had died. So Mary was very emotional when she met Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 29, as soon as she heard that, she got up quickly. She did not hesitate to get to Jesus. And I want somebody to be encouraged this morning that when, when, when you feel the convicting power of Holy Spirit, when you know that it's your time to get to the feet of Jesus, listen, don't hesitate, ladies and gentlemen. I want it to be, to be like Mary and run to Jesus. She was desperate, ladies and gentlemen, because she was hurting she was hurt and out of the pain that she was experiencing she arose quickly the bible says she arose quickly and came to him now jesus was not yet come into the town but was in that place where Martha met him, Mary went to and, and, and got to the feet of Jesus. And we got to understand that in verse 11, 32, then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus saw her weeping. Let's just take a break on that part. Oh, God, 33. <laughs> I need somebody to just let that marinate right there. Jesus saw her weeping. Once again, I said this before. I used to say he's not moved by our tears. He's moved by our faith. But when we are weeping at his feet, that demonstrates that, I, that we need him in our time of desperation. When we are weeping and going to his feet, that's, that's acknowledging how much we need him in our time of trouble. When we are weeping at his feet, come on, somebody, that is an illustration that we are desperate for, for, for breakthrough. We're desperate for this pain to go away. We're desperate for change, oh, God. We're, and we, watch this. We're desperate for God even in our time of bereavement. We're desperate for God even in our time of brokenness. We're desperate for God. Our tears are, do not do do not demonstrate that we don't have faith. Our tears let God know that we are desperate for him. Let's take a break for Station ID. We're live at five. We're hurting, and we need God. I'm hurting, Lord, and I'm crying out to you. I'm going through, God, and I need you to move on my behalf. I'm going through, God, and I don't have anybody else that can meet this need. So, God, I'm crying out to you today. We're live at 5 on WHLJ, 97.5 FM, Statenville, Valdosta, Motry, Georgia. You can also join us online this morning at Foxy, F-O-X-Y, 97.com. And you can join us on the conference call at 712-770-4010, access code 27. Six six five nine zero. There'll be a recap tonight at seven p.m. on WHLJ. Uh, Mary was going through one of the stages of grief, and she fell to the feet of Jesus. She was going through one of the stages of grief, 
And she, she, she acknowledged that Jesus, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yes, she was hurting. But she took her tears to the feet of Jesus. Yes, she was dealing with this, and it was a struggle for her. But she took her tears to the feet of Jesus. And, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you to be like Mary and take your tears to the feet of Jesus. I want you to be like Mary and do what's necessary. Oh, God, recognize that he is a healer that makes all bitter things sweet, even our emotional pain God is able to heal those stages of grief ladies and gentlemen as one of those stages oh God uh, is denial oftentimes we are in denial of what, what we're dealing with we're in denial that our loved one is gone and let me say something about grief that when people are in a state are grieving that does not always mean somebody in the family has died People are grieving losses, and not all of those losses are, are death of a loved one. People are grieving joblessness. They're grieving in the midst of divorces. They're grieving in the midst of broken homes. They're grieving, oh, God, family separation during COVID-19. There are a lot of people that are grieving, ladies and gentlemen, but I want you to take that grief and take those tears to the feet of Jesus. Mm. So she said, if my brother, if you'd have been there, my brother wouldn't have died. So what had happened was <laughs> Jesus saw her weeping, and he was moved, ladies and gentlemen. Watch this. The Jews who had come along with her uh, uh, started, listen, started crying, too. Uh, they, they also came with her. They, the Bible says they was weeping, too. They were weeping, too. Jesus was deeply moved by their tears. He was moved by their grief. He was moved by their pain. But watch this. As Mary was weeping, the people were weeping. They were moved to tears by Mary's tears. And ladies and gentlemen, by Mary's tears and the people's tears, Jesus was moved to tears. Oh, God, he showed emotion when he saw their weeping as he arrived at the tomb. He showed emotion. And I need somebody to understand that while Jesus was controversial, Jesus was con confrontational in a good way, Jesus was never cold or calculated. He was controversial. He was confrontational. But he was not cold. He was not without emotion. Listen, as we look, as we back, look back then, as it was back then, he is today very much involved in our problems. He's very much involved in our pain. He's very much involved in our process, ladies and gentlemen. But this was not the only time that Jesus wept. But this is the scripture that we uh, recite in Sunday school when we're told to, to lead a scripture. This is the one we recite around the dinner table for those of us that still make our children uh, recite a Bible verse. Jesus wept, but this was not the only time that Jesus wept. Uh. Oh, I got to hurry. This is not the only time that Jesus wept. In John 19:41, the Bible says he wept over Jerusalem. He offered tears, prayers with tears while he was here. Hebrews 5 and 7, who in the days of his flesh 
when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. When you experience the death of a loved one and somebody tells you not to cry, can I get somebody to tell them Jesus wept? When you experience a loss of any kind and people tell you just to get over it, I need you to be reminded and remind them that Jesus wept even though he was fully God. Ladies and gentlemen, can somebody say he was human? And your tears let people know, listen, I'm still human. I am still human. When my mother died, I think I experienced all five stages of grief, including anger, the week that she died, including anger and, 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 and denial, all stages of grief, the week that my mother passed away. But I, oh God, but I used that opportunity to, and all that energy I put in to celebrating God, to worshiping God, even in tears, even with tears. Jesus was God, but he was still human, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay to tell people, listen, I'm still human. This is why I'm crying. This is why I'm hurt. I'm still human. Because if Jesus wept, don't tell me not to cry. If Jesus wept, don't tell me not to, to just get over it. Come on, somebody. And so thereby he experienced everything we experience emotionally and even physiologically because at the cross he experienced a physical pain on the way to the cross. He was tired, just like you and me. He got thirsty, just like you and me. He was sympathetic and cried tears of sadness, just like you and me. Why? Because part of seeking and saving that which was lost was having care, concern, and compassion for people when they're hurting. That's the kind of God we serve, ladies and gentlemen, who cares and is concerned and has compassion for people when they are hurting. As we go down to the next verse. And those of us who are in leadership, this is, this, this is what true, genuine Christian leadership is all about. Three things that I observed while on this study of Jesus. Jesus was concerned about the hurting. He was concerned about the sick. He was concerned about the bereaved. That Jesus corrected and challenged wrong belief systems. He was never beyond confrontation, confronting religion. And we also have to understand that he corrected, rebuked, and exhorted those that he taught and trained. I put this on Facebook before we got on live this morning, that Jesus is the epitome uh, of a great leader. And every believer, most specifically those of us who have been called, must strive to be just like him. This is what we do when we are hurting. What did Mary do when she went to the feet of Jesus in the midst of her pain? I said the other week she, she was weeping and worshiping, but she was doing what First Peter 5 and 7 also says, and it says to cast all your cares or anxieties on him because he cares about you. So Mary was casting all her cares and anxieties on Jesus. You cast all your cares, your anxieties, your tears, your frustrations, your hurt, your pain. Get, get taken to the feet of Jesus because he cares about you. He cares about what you are going through. I need somebody to write this down on your heart. Oh, how he loves me that everything I'm going through, he is concerned about. He cares about. Even those mistakes that I made, ladies and gentlemen, he still cares about me. Oh, how he loves me, ladies and gentlemen, he still cares about me. So this is what they noticed about Jesus. When he wept and he was moved to tears, 
the people, the Jews, were so impressed that they made this bold statement. They said, behold, how he loved him. <laughs> we, we, we're going to pause right here. And, ladies and gentlemen, because I need somebody to understand that not only did Jesus love Lazarus, Lazarus was his friend, but the same love that Jesus had for him is the same love that Jesus has for you. Oh, how he loves you today. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves us today. And in John chapter, first John chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, the same writer of the Gospel of John, the Living Bible says, but if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into this wicked world to bring us eternal life through his death. I need somebody to understand that God owns his love. He owns his love. You can't add anything to it. You can't take anything away from it. Your tears won't change his love for you. Your mistakes won't change his love for you. Your wrong decisions won't change, God, his love for you. Oh, how he loves me, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody once said that there is no good thing that you can do to get God to love you anymore, and there is nothing you can do to get God to love you any less, because his love does not depend on you. His love depends on him. We got to understand that the Bible lets us know that God's love for us is unconditional. This is why he understood what they were going through. This is why he understands what you're going through. Ladies and gentlemen, his love for you is unconditional. And I want you to be reminded today that, oh, how he loves you, even though you made a mistake. Oh, how he loves you, even though you're going through pain. Oh, how he loves you, even though you're weeping and mourning and crying. God still loves you. His love for you. It's unconditional. It's not about you. Nothing you can do to add to it. Nothing you can do to take away from it. You may be going through right now, but never forget that Jesus loves you. You may be dealing with some challenges right now, but never forget that Jesus loves you. Somebody said, oh, how he loves me. If his love was conditional, watch this. It will be based on something you and I did to earn it or deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn or deserve his love, but he loved us anyhow. If you and I could do something to work for God's love, that would make his love conditional. And a lot of people need to learn from our Father that unconditional love, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing you can do to cause me not to love you because God is love and his love is in me. Come on, somebody. So, ladies and gentlemen, what is this, the unconditional love of God? It's a love that doesn't depend on you. It's a love that depends on God alone. It has nothing to do with you, but God's love depends entirely on him. First John chapter 4, verse 10. In this act, we see what real love is. It is not our love for God, watch this, but his love for us when he sent his son to satisfy God's anger against our sins. So I want somebody to be encouraged this morning to let's not focus on our love for God. Let's focus on our love, his love for us because our love for God would be a response to his love for us. Our love for God will be a response to his love for us. 
So when you receive the love that he has for you, our love for him and other people will be intentional. So as Jesus, that he displayed his love for Lazarus as he wept over what the family was going through. He knew he was going to raise him back to life, but he still wept because he had compassion for the people around him. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus up again. He had already promised Martha that your brother will rise again. Watch this. He knows that he's going to get come through for you, but he's still concerned about what you're going through right now. He already knows the end from the beginning, but he's still concerned with you in the midst of your process. <laughs> he knows, oh God, what he's got, that he's going to come through and all is going to be well but even in the midst of what you're going through in the process he will never leave you nor forsake you oh how he loves me today and i want somebody to understand that there's nothing you can do to earn it and there's nothing you could do to cause god not to love you because he loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we're going to put a pause in this for today, and we're going to pick up where we left off tomorrow morning. We're going to pick up in verse 37 on tomorrow morning, but I want you to understand. I had to stop right there because I need somebody to understand that Jesus loves you. Oh, how he loves you that even when you're going through, no matter what it is, never forget that Jesus loves you. Pastor Gloria Moore Wright, woman of God, take us in with a word of prayer. Pastor Wright. We bless you today. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you, God, for your benefits that you daily load us with. We thank you, God, for the good and the bad. We thank you for the rough and the tough. We thank you, God, for looking beyond our faults and seeing our needs. Thank you for your unconditional love, God, loving us so much that while we were yet sinners in due time, Christ died for us. Loving us so much, you sacrificed your only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lord God, we say thank you today. Thank you, God, for loving us, hallelujah, with the real love, pure love, genuine love, love that has nothing to do with our actions or reactions. Father, we say thank you today. We bless you, God, and we say like Mary, yes, Lord God, we believe, hallelujah, and we thank you, Lord God, for instilling that belief in us, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are, and we bless you today, God, we honor you, and we praise you for all the glory belongs to you. There is none like you. You are an awesome God. You're good all the time, and all the time you are good. You are very present help in the time of trouble. You are our strength. You are our joy. You are our peace. Hallelujah. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer, our deliverer. You make all bitter things sweet, and we bless you today. Father God, we come looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. For all that you have done. Thank you for what you're doing right now, and thank you, God, for what you are going to do. 
We thank you, Lord God, for how you pick us up, how you turn us around, how you plant our feet on solid ground. We thank you, God. We thank you, ways out of no way. We thank you, Lord God, for how you always have our interest at heart, how you always work in things together for our good, because we love you and are clothed according to your purpose. Forgive us today, God, for every time we missed you. Forgive us for every time we disappointed you. Forgive us of all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our shortcomings, all of our weaknesses, Father. Wash us today. Purge us today. Purify our hearts and our minds. Get out every spot, every wrinkle, God. But we want to have a pure heart. We want to have clean hands when you come or when you call for us. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you today, God. We bless you today, God, for your grace that is sufficient. We bless you for your mercies that are everlasting. We thank We thank you, Father. We give you glory this morning in the name of Jesus. For you are our God. You are our Father. We come into agreement with all that has been prayed so far. Father, we bless your name, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, for your goodness and mercy that endures forever. Oh, we love you, Lord God, because you first loved us, and we give you praise. We give you praise, Lord God, for that love today, for you did that for us, God. As the woman of God has already prayed, you demonstrated your love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, your son died for us. You sent your one and only son, your only begotten son, to die for our sins. We give you praise for that, God, in the name of Jesus. We'll never forget, Lord God. We're determined to be anxious for nothing, Lord God, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we're determined to make our requests known to you. We're determined, Lord God, to cast our cares upon you because you care about us, Lord God. We're determined to give our issues, our concerns, our troubles, our problems, oh God, to you, our anxiety to you in the name of Jesus Lord God if there is a problem we know that you are the God who can solve it and we give you glory today God as you love Lazarus oh God we thank you that you love us oh God in spite of our pain in spite of our situation you love us Lord God in the name of Jesus and we thank you right now because of Jesus we are your children we are the righteousness of God in Christ today oh God we are fearfully and wonderfully made we are the apple of God's eye. We truly are overcomers today. We are victorious in the name of Jesus. We are healed with the stripes of Jesus today. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. Jesus is the Lord of our life right now. And right now, if you're dealing with issues in your body, in the name of Jesus, we want you to understand that sickness and disease have no power over us. We are forgiven of all our sins and washed in the blood of Jesus. We give God praise today, oh God. We are dead to sin and alive to righteousness today. We thank God for Jesus who bore our sins in his body on the tree, and therefore we are dead to sin and alive to God, and by his stripes we are healed and made whole. We give God praise today right now. We are made whole physically and emotionally in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Right now Jesus bore our sickness and carried our pain, and therefore we give no place to sickness or pain. 
For God sent his word and healed us. Our God is Jehovah Rapha, a healer that makes all bitter things sweet. We give you praise right now, God, that as he was with Mary and Martha, although it was delayed, they would not be denied. We thank you, oh God, for being with us in the midst of our pain, for being with us in the midst of our struggle. We thank you that you are Jehovah Shammah, that you will never leave us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, oh God. We thank you that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come now our dwelling, for you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. In our pathway is life, healing, and health today. Oh, we give you praise today, God, and we refuse to allow sickness to dominate our body. The life of God flows within us, oh God, bringing healing to every fiber of our being, bringing healing to those that are dealing with mental illness, bringing healing to those that are dealing with thyroid disease, bringing healing to those that are dealing with COVID-19, bringing healing to those that are struggling with depression right now, bringing in God, bringing healing to those that are dealing with anxiety, bringing healing to those that are dealing with high blood pressure, bringing healing to you right now, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we give you praise right now and put it in man those sick bodies to be healed, oh we bless you right now, Father, that the same Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead is the same Jesus that can heal sick bodies today, the same Jesus that moved in Mary and Martha's life is the same Jesus that can move in ours, oh God. We lift up those that are going through bereavement right now, and I want you to be encouraged today that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Can somebody say it's morning, huh? It is morning, oh God. It's morning, hallelujah. It is morning, oh God. We give God praise right now, Father, that every organ and tissue of our body functions perfectly. We lift up Miss Pamela Murchison right now, that a high blood pressure has got to be normal. Oh, God, we right now speak to the oxygen levels in our body, that our body will line up with the word, that our body, oh, God, is in perfect alignment, that she is healed with the stripes of Jesus. Oh, we give God praise today. We forbid any malfunction in the name of Jesus. Your word is manifest in our body, causing growths and tumors to disappear. Oh, those fibroid tumors have got to leave and not come back again. That cancer has got to leave and not come back again. That schizophrenia has got to leave and not come back again. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, we thank you, Father, that we have a strong heart and our heart beats with the rhythm of life. We give you glory today, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, and we declare right now that we are redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3.13 is flowing in our bloodstream. It flows to every cell, uh, oh God, of our body. In the name of Jesus, I need you to lay hands on yourself and make a declaration that I am healed with the stripes of Jesus. Oh, God, I forbid any malfunction in my body because the blood still works. And because the blood still works, I will praise the Lord. Because the blood still works, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, God, because the blood still works, oh, God, I will bless your name, oh, God. I surrender all to you today, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, how, oh, God, he loves me today. He laid down his life so that I could be healed. He laid down his life so that I can be free in everything Jesus went through. God, we thank you for that, for you can identify with everything that we go through, including bereavement, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, if there is one that is listening this morning that does not know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, repeat these words. 
us, Father. It is written in your word, hey, God, that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I make him Lord of my life right now today. I renounce my past life with Satan and close the door to all of his devices. Lord, I thank you for giving me, for giving me of all my sin. Jesus is my Lord, and I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Now all things are new. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't mind, for those that are on the call, I'm going to open up this line, and I need y'all to let Great. I need you to begin to bless the Lord for those that are on the call. I need you to let them know that I will bless the Lord at all times. Can I get somebody on the call to give God a praise right now? If you know that Jesus loves you, can I get you to bless the Lord? If you know that Jesus loves you, can I get you to praise his name? God, I bless your name, God. I honor your name, God. I give you glory. Hallelujah. We honor your name. God, we pray to God. We thank you for your power. Oh, God, we pray to you. Hallelujah, God. I thank you, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I praise to God. I give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I praise you, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Mighty God. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's in my body, Father. Well, God, I thank you, Father. Hallelujah, God, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I'm a blessing, Father. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you, God. I give you praise, God. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we praise you, God. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for touching my body. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All the things that he has done, you listen to as you listen to the people on this call worship, I want to encourage you to do the same right where you are. And I want New Breed to remind you. New Breed, with a few minutes that we have, they're going to remind us, oh, how he loves us. And I need you to remind yourself as you go out throughout the day that, oh, how he loves me. That in spite of what I'm going through, Jesus loves me. Never forget that. In spite of what you're going through. Jesus loves you. New breed, take us home with oh how he loves us. God bless you. Those on the call, please remain on the line. He is jealous for me. Love like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending me. The way to feel is wind and birth. All of a sudden, I am unaware of the afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he
are his portion and he is our pride. Drawn to redemption by the grace of his eyes. The great is an ocean. We're all sinking. And friends, for the last hour, for the last hour, you have been listening to Command Your Morning Prayer Line live this morning from the Upper Room Ministries Incorporated, 702 R.C. Davis Parkway, out of Waycross, Georgia, where the pastor is, Pastor Samuel Sellers III, the host of Command Your Morning, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. until 6 a.m., is Evangelist Dr. Renee Sellers. Don't forget, the morning program is recorded and aired again at 7 p.m. until 8 p.m., Monday through Friday, on the Glory Bound Train. Listen online at www. .foxy97.com. Command Your Morning is a service of the Upper Room Ministries Incorporated, 702 R.C. Davis Parkway, Waycross, Georgia. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.